Hey, Five Oaks family and all of you joining us for our worship service this week. This is week two in our series on 21 ways to pray for the next generation and anyone else. Uh, next week, we wrap up the series and today we're focusing on praying for wisdom. Praying for wisdom for the next generation is hugely important, but it's often mis misunderstood and it's rarely prayed for. Um, let's turn that around. Let's understand what it means, and then let's pray for it for the next generation. Now, in this series, I hope you're using the Five Things to Pray for Your Kids book uh, throughout this series. Uh, if you haven't picked it up yet, we have it at the church office. You can pick it up there, and you can start at any time with, with, with that book. It's, it's really uh, not just for parents. Uh, the sermons cover uh, only three of the 21 ways to pray for the next generation, and the 21 ways are 21 Bible passages. We looked at Ephesians 2 last week. We're looking at Proverbs 13 this week. These are Bible passages that we can pray for the next generation. The book guides you through the 21 passages. In addition to the book, our daily life devotional covers the same passages. And you can substitute, uh, you can subscribe, I mean, for it. Uh, by going to uh, this site that is on the screen right now. Today, we're praying for wisdom for the next generation. And we're looking at several Proverbs from Proverbs 13. Now, before we begin, let's pray. And then let's hear God in the reading of Scripture. Today's prayer of illumination is based on James chapter 3. Please pray the underlined portions with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wisdom that comes from your word. Remind us that earthly wisdom alone falls short of the wisdom you give. We need you to guide us, guide us by your Holy Spirit. Give us understanding. Teach us to live our lives according to your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read. Proverbs 13, 3 through 20. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. The sluggard's appetite is never filled the desire of the diligent is fully satisfied. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make himself a stench and bring shame on themselves. Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. A person's riches may ransom their life, but the poor cannot respond to threatening rebukes. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Whoever scorns instructions will pay for it, but whoever respects a command will be rewarded. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life turning a person from the snares of death. Good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction. 
All who are prudent act with knowledge, but fools expose their folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul, but fools detest turning from evil. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Wisdom is so important for the next generation, so praying for wisdom is, is, is also so important. When we pray for wisdom in the biblical sense of wisdom, we're praying for all of life. When we pray for the next generation to have wisdom, we're praying something that will impact every aspect of their daily lives. I think that uh, that'll become really clear uh, as we look at five wisdom prayers uh, that we're going to be talking about today. So we're praying about something that will have broad daily impact on the lives of the next generation. Praying for wisdom is hugely important because in the biblical wisdom, wisdom resides in God. So gaining wisdom comes from drawing near to God and absorbing his word into our minds and into our hearts. It's hugely important. And we don't pray for wisdom um, in the next generation enough. And I think, I think part of the reason is that we're caught up so much in the present, the needs they have right now, and we don't step back and see the need for wisdom. Wisdom is about approaching life's choices in a way that reflects God's priorities and God's purposes. Rather than pray that the next generation grow in wisdom, too often we, we pray shortcuts for them. We pray that God would tell them what to do. That's not wisdom. We ought to be praying more that the next generation think wisely about their choices. Don't just pray that God tell them what to do, but that God would help them think wisely about their choices. If they think wisely about their choices and about their entire lives, they will be drawing nearer to God and they're going to be reflecting on his word more and more absorbing his word. I returned to a quote from a few weeks ago in our last prayer series where Jen, Jen Wilkin writes this. She says, often we pray for wisdom when in fact we are seeking knowledge. Tell me what to do, Lord. Tell me which commitment to accept, what words to say, where to live, and who to work for. We may even remind God that in James 1.5, he told us we would receive wisdom if we asked. But we are not asking for understanding, we are asking for information. And in doing so, we betray our unwillingness to move from immaturity to maturity as a disciple. Here's how she uh, illustrates this idea. At the time of writing, her daughter Mary Kate was home from college uh, for the summer. And she was 20 years old, um, Wilkins says, and she says, now imagine with me. Imagine if my daughter came into the kitchen and asked me, mom, what should I wear today? A t-shirt or a sweater? Mom, what should I have for breakfast today? Tell me what I should have. Mom, which shoes should I wear today? At her age, Wilkins says, these questions would be inappropriate, maybe even a cause for concern. And she goes on to say, my job as a parent 
is to raise my child to have an internal framework for making decisions. I shouldn't be spoon feeding her information at the age of 20. That's what we misunderstand about wisdom. wisdom. Wisdom isn't about information. It's about an internal framework for making decisions, an internal framework for making decisions. And that's why I'm here in the kitchen. Uh, I, I hope you can make a, a visual connection. Maybe it helps you remember that when you pray for wisdom, think about that story that Wilkin tells of imagining her college-age daughter coming home for the summer, coming into the kitchen, and starting to ask her questions like, what should I eat for breakfast? What shoes should I wear? What kind of top should I wear? When we pray for God to give that next generation person in our life um, information instead of wisdom, when we pray for God to spoon feed them instead of praying for an internal framework for making decisions, we're like a parent that tells their college-age daughter what to eat for breakfast and what to wear for the day. That's not, that's not a healthy thing. And think about this. I want you to think about this. Wisdom is so important because our lives are formed more by the thousands of small decisions we make each day than the big monumental decisions that we make every once in a while. That next generation person you're praying for needs daily wisdom in the small stuff because the small stuff is going to form their lives. You can't be there to give them the information. God is not going to spoon feed them all the information. Is it wrong to ask for God uh, in help in making decisions for information sometimes? Absolutely not. We should live in an unbroken conversation with God, and that's going to include sometimes saying, what should I wear today? But maybe some of our questions we ask God to answer for us will receive from God. We're going to receive from God the same response that you would give that young adult home from college who begins to ask you what they should wear as if they were a two-year-old. God is going to give you the same answer you would give them, which is, I'm not going to answer that for you. Look at what the author of Hebrews says about this. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, it says this. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. Who, is const, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Train themselves to distinguish good from evil. We need to train ourselves to distinguish between good and evil. Romans 12 makes a similar point. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind if you do that, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, there's no spoon feeding in that. There's a development of a mind for God. So how do you pray for the next generation to have wisdom? You can simply pray five passages, five verses from Proverbs 13 that provide 
very specific areas to pray for. And we're going to go over those five right now. So here's the first thing you can pray for them. Pray that they choose their words carefully. Proverbs 13, 3. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Now, words are about conversations and communication. This is central to our lives. I mean, communication is central to everything in our lives. The words we use impact everything. Uh, a lot of words are um, now expressed and captured online in social media. I mean, that's one of the ways that we use words. So I want you to watch this video by author and comedian John Acuff, where he talks about the dangers of not using our words well. Five years ago, I did something dumb. I've, I've done dumb things more recently, of course. If you, if you don't think I have a collection of dumb things I've done, fresh mistakes from this week, you're crazy. But one thing was really, really expensive. This thing I did five years ago was very expensive. It cost me a job with a client. And like a lot of my mistakes, it can be explained very easily. I thought it would be funny. I would say that 90% of my apologies involve me needing to say, I'm sorry, I, I thought it would be funny. What happened in this particular case? Well, I saw a commercial that I didn't think was very good on the television. I still watch live TV. Isn't that quaint? I tweeted a criticism of the commercial. I thought the tweet was funny. A handful of people thought the tweet was funny too. I moved on with my life. I've tweeted more than 80,000 times. They can't, they can't all be winners. This was at best like a C plus tweet, maybe a B minus. A few weeks later, a business contact called me up and told me there was a consulting job I was being considered for, but there was a problem. Can you, can you guess what it was? The tweet, unbeknownst to me, the parent company of another company that was related to the company I tweeted about was thinking about hiring me for a project. When they saw the tweet, they decided to go with someone else. Now, in my defense, I had no idea the company was looking to hire me. I'd never worked with them before. They weren't on my radar and I didn't know they were even Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation from the company I tweeted about. And the tweet wasn't offensive. It wasn't vulgar. It was just a silly joke but I was still being a bit of an idiot online. And the payoff for that tweet was, was not worth it. I got like 50 likes and 10 retweets, which are worth a zero dollars. That tweet cost me a job. And I don't want you to pay for a mistake like that too. Recently, I talked to a CEO I know. During the conversation, he told me his company had started using firms that create online background checks for potential employees. There are now firms, companies, that will scrape your Facebook profile, Twitter profile, and any social media that you use to create an extensive profile on you. The company thinking about interviewing you now has something new to think about. Is that an invasion of privacy? Maybe, but uh, the days of employers not researching your digital footprint are long gone. They ended in like 1997. And I'm not talking about just jobs for high paid executives. I'm talking about any and every level of corporate work. Why is this a problem? Because we all tend to be idiots online sometimes. We complain about past bosses. We whine about our jobs. We go on long, curse-filled political diatribes. And bit by bit, pixel by pixel, we create a profile of ourselves that will sink even the most amazing resume. Want to ruin an interview that went really well? Do something stupid on Facebook. 
want to reduce the value of that college degree you're getting right now, make horrible mistakes online. Want my best career advice? Stop being an idiot on social media. Your next job is watching, I promise. Thanks for watching. I think those are some pretty good words of wisdom. Here's, here's one of the ways that you can pray this kind of prayer. Father, please help my children guard their lips so that their lives are preserved. Teach them not to speak rashly so that their lives don't come to ruin. Help me model that daily. Help me guard my lips today. Okay. Pray that the next generation person in your life choose their words carefully. Number two, here's a second way that you can pray. Pray also for a good work ethic. Proverbs 13, 4. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. This is really about working hard and being diligent and avoiding laziness. This is a prayer for a good work ethic. Praying for wisdom in the next generation includes praying for a good work ethic. So you can pray something like this. Father, help my child to value good, honest, hard work. When I work or talk about my work, help me to model the wisdom of doing my work as unto you. That I would talk about work with joy, even when it's difficult and frustrating. So when you pray for wisdom, number one, pray that the next generation person in your life choose their words carefully. Pray, number two, that they have a good work ethic. Here's a third way you can pray. Pray for good financial stewardship. You know this is going to impact so much of their life. Proverbs 13, 11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Be honest in dealing with money. That's wisdom that has to do with right and wrong and with morals and ethics. Then there's this applied wisdom. Save money and make it grow. Lots of Proverbs have to do with saving money. So if you're going to pray for your kids to have good financial wisdom, you might pray something along these lines. Father, help my child not to value money more than you. Help my child to be wise with money, wise in saving, wise in spending, and wise in generosity. Help me to demonstrate and communicate that whatever money I have, I steward it, I manage it for you. All right. So when you pray for wisdom, pray that the next generation person in your life choose their words carefully. Pray for a good work ethic in their life. Pray for good financial stewardship. Here's the fourth thing that you can pray for for that next generation person in your life. Pray for good judgment. Proverbs 13, 15 says this, Good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction. Does good judgment winning favor sound familiar to some of you? Well, there's this passage that you might be familiar with from 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26 where it says this, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature 
and in favor with the Lord and with people. If that one's not familiar to you, maybe this one is. It's from Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This proverb says that good judgment wins favor. That means people notice good judgment and it benefits the person of good judgment. The next generation, our kids, they need to grow in the favor of the Lord and of people. This prayer might sound something like this. Father, help my child grow in good judgment so that my child can win favor with teachers and mentors and coaches, with wise counselors, with future employers, and with good friends. Just think of the implications of winning favor with teachers and mentors and coaches and with people who can become wise counselors in their lives and their future employers. Maybe most important of all, with good friends which connects us to the final way that we can pray for wisdom for our kids and for those generation next generation uh, people in our lives number five is to pray for the good influence of wise and faithful friends proverbs thirteen twenty says this walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm Think of the deficit in your life when you lacked faithful, good friends. Young people today are, we're, we're told, and the statistics seem to bear that out, there is an epidemic of loneliness in young people in our world. It impacts everything when we feel lonely for a long period of time. It impacts our mental health. Uh, it impacts our decisions. It impacts the amount of energy we can bring to our days and to our tasks, the creativity gets sapped away from us. Think of friends of yours that went through long, difficult roads because they listened to the wrong friends in their lives. Maybe that's a part of your own story. The next generation needs good friends who are good influences on them. They need that in their life. Now, I think friends who influence us in a positive direction are in some ways the key to all the rest of the wisdom themes that we've been covering in these prayers today. Um, we're, and, and when I say friends, I'm talking about the deepest soul friends that we have. We're going to have a whole variety of friends. Some of our friends maybe are the wrong friends, but we're seeking to have influence on their lives. But when our soul friends are close to us, when the people who are close to us are the kind of people that can help us they're going to have the biggest impact on financial stewardship, using wise wor words, having a good work ethic. They are going to have a huge impact on our lives. When we walk with the wise, a whole world of wisdom opens up to us. <clears throat> a word to parents here just for a moment. Um, this is why getting your kids connected in a church's kids ministry and students ministry is so vitally important. It's not just... Um, for the other kids that they're going to meet the, or other students, it's the wise adults, mentors that they're going to uh, get in their lives. This is why you being a small, in a small group where your kids interact with other families is so vitally important in your life. This is one of the greatest dangers of this whole 
epidemic right now, this COVID world that we're living in. The, the danger is that habits of isolation and insulation um, from, from this time are going to carry over into our post-COVID world, uh, where the new normal, uh, my fear is a, a new normal where there's a rush to return and to catch up on sports and school and all those kinds of things, but making fellowship for you and your family, your kids, a priority is something that's going to suffer in the future. Don't let that happen. Uh, I'm praying that you will not let that happen. All right, for praying for friends then, pray this. Father, bring good friends into my children's lives so that they can have good companions in school and in life. Help them to be a good friend to others. Help them to be the kind of good influencers that attract other good influencers into their lives. Will you pray for wisdom today for the next generation kids in your life? If they grow in wisdom, it's going to deeply impact every area of their lives. Pray these prayers. Well, Jesus grew in wisdom with God and with humanity. So, when he was faced with the wrath of God that he would experience on the cross for our sakes, he chose wisely. He chose for God, for God's plans, for God's glory, and he chose for our good. He chose with the long-term future in mind. The author of Hebrews says this about Jesus having a long-term uh, perspective when it came to the cross. He's, the, the author of Hebrews says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He did that for the joy of, I mean, part of it was uh, the joy of bringing us into eternity, and he did that by experiencing the wrath of God against our sins. He did it in our place. So I want to encourage you now uh, to take the bread, remembering the body of Christ broken for you, and then take the cup, remembering the blood of Christ shed for you for the remission of sins. And parents, if you have kids with you that are not yet celebrating communion, uh, follow the instructions, please, that are on the next slide. God bless you as you pray for wisdom, as you seek to model wisdom for the next generation.